With the 2023 season in the rearview mirror, it's time to see where we were right and where we were wrong about the Indianapolis Colts. So which predictions did we nail? And which predictions made Drake and I look like fools? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here, as always, by my fellow writer, analyst, and co-host of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast, Drake Wally. Drake, I think when we were heading into this 2023 season, both of us said, you know, they get around six to seven wins. You would consider that a, a huge success. Well, they completely exceeded our expectations there, and and while we made some predictions to begin the season, uh, there were definitely some that we hit right on the head, but others, man, the Colts definitely either uh, uh, made us look wrong in a, in a good way or, or vastly underperformed our expectations. Yeah, and you know, with this team and what they were coming off of and just how unbelievably weird the 2022 season was with a rookie quarterback, rookie coach, a lot of rookies, all right, a lot of new players, you know, starting and stuff like that. Some of these were bound to fall flat, but some of them I'm quite surprised that they did. And others, I'm like, I cannot believe that, you know, that was actually right. I was taking a swing in the, you know, in the dark there. So uh, I can't, I, I'm actually pretty pumped about this episode just because revisiting some of these predictions, I, I didn't even think about them with, you know, how long the season was until now. And some of them are pretty funny, actually, but uh, I, I, I'm excited to get into it. And hey, at the end of the day, a good finish to the season, 98 right there and right there out of the gate. Neither one of us expected him to finish with nine wins. So there you go. There's one. Yeah, exactly. So we we were definitely uh, we definitely undersold the Col- the Colts this season. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so tonight we're going to dive into predictions. Drake and I are going to g- each give a five of our predictions from the beginning of the season and from last off season. We're going to give three of them that were right, two each that were wrong, and really dive into each one of those and 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 why they were right or wh- why they were wrong. Uh, we have our first comment, indy.atl.halifax. Uh, my prediction was that the front seven would be elite and the secondary would improve with experience. I'll let y'all decide how right or wrong I was. So, hey, I think the, the front seven definitely played uh, quite a bit better than people expected. And, and I think the secondary started to get better with experience. But obviously, uh, that experience is going to probably uh, we'll see a bigger jump in year two. Stats, Matt's in the house, as always. What's up? Daddy daycare here. Here, at least for now let's see how right and wrong you were so yeah stats matt at home all alone with his uh, two kids wife's out of town this week so hey hopefully hopefully you're uh, you're keeping those youngins under control stats matt the cfo patrick is here i predicted 10 and 7 afc south champs and richardson would be offensive rookie of the year so patrick was wrong on all three not hey you did a better job as far as record is concerned than drake and i but uh yeah, uh, and so and he says but i also thought i was way too pumped about the season so you were close honestly one game away from being afc south champs and richardson probably would have made a case for rookie of the year had he stayed healthy all season long so before we before we dive in please go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i go live every monday and thursday night 
or for breaking news episodes whenever that happens this off season so you never miss an episode and if you can't catch us live or on youtube apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review so we can reach other colts fans just like you now drake before we dive into our predictions we have a little giveaway for our our fans so uh we really took off this this year and and we to say thank you uh we wanted to to kind of give our end of year an end of year giveaway so because of that i've come in possession of two madden 24 codes so this is going to be the madden 24 giveaway to end the 2023 season and start off 2024 uh on the right note so uh, i have one xbox code for xbox series x and one ps5 code for madden 24 so uh really the rules are going to be simple uh, at the end of this episode, and I will do it live on the stream, I already have the tweet written up and ready to send out. Uh, all you have to do, go follow at Colts on FN on X. Tell you to do that all the time anyway. Go follow myself at Andrew Moore NFL and Drake at D Walster Drake on X. Pretty simple. Subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Again, very, very simple. And then all the rest, the only thing else you need to do is click on that uh, that tweet or that post on X, I guess it's called now, and comment below your console, whether it's Xbox or PlayStation. And that automatically enters you in to the giveaway. Drake will be Drake and I will be doing this giveaway and announcing the winners next on next Monday's episode. That gives you guys the full weekend to check out the tweet, go and follow all the socials and, and subscribe on YouTube comment xbox or playstation and you're automatically entered we'll be doing a blind draw uh, uh before the episode we'll have those names picked out to announce the winners at the very beginning of the episode uh on monday so again i'll let you guys know at the end of the episode when i'm sending out that tweet and all the instructions will be on there but it's a thank you to you guys and hey it's the winter months in indiana there's a big snowstorm coming get that uh get that uh a uh, code download madden and, and just play some football uh, as you enjoy and stay warm uh, throughout these January and February months. So, so Drake, let's dive right into it. We're going to be revisiting 10 of our Colts predictions from the 2023 season where we were right, right and where we were wrong. So I've been talking a lot, but I'm going to kick this thing off, Drake, with my first prediction that I absolutely hit on. And this man made me look like a genius samson ebukam so when this when this happened last uh uh, last spring and we saw him sign that three-year deal for 24 million dollars immediately after watching his film i just got this feeling you know it it just seems like it's going to be kind of a Danico autry type signing you're not going to get much hype around this signing but boy is he going to have a major impact sure enough samson ebukam leads the colts in sacks uh uh, i think he led the colts in pressures as well boy he was a force on the edge for the colts and and i think this that's only going to continue in 2024 and beyond yeah, you nailed it because uh, when he got more of an expanded role, started all 17 games, he set a, he tied a career high in fumbles forced with three. He set a career high with 9.5 sacks, which, by the way, is his 2021 and 2022 seasons combined all in one season. Career high in total tackles, career high in solo tackles, career high in tackles for loss, and career high in QB hits. I mean, th- 
that's that the numbers speak for themselves in this situation. Samson Ebicom is a bona fide starter at defensive end. And I think that, you know, if he continues on this trajectory, he's going to be pushing 10, 11 sacks. Uh, if the Colts can, you know, maybe get a little bit more consistent pressure as a whole, because there were some games where, um, you know, they were able to like opposing teams were able to snuff out Ebicom. But um, I, I, I think that you absolutely nailed that one. And look, for for like $9 million a year to be putting up that kind of pressure constantly, that's a pretty good deal. And, you know, they still have him for two more years before he can, you know, maybe parlay all of that great performances or all those great performances into a bigger contract. But, yeah, props to you because you were all over it. You were so pumped for that. And I was pretty excited too. But when you looked at his numbers, a lot of people were like, well, you know, more of a depth guy. But, boy, when he was given the opportunity to start full-time, Holy crap, man, he played fantastic football. And I think that was the big difference maker, you know, coming over to the Colts and, and getting the lion's share of those snaps because for the past couple of seasons, he had been pretty much buried on the depth chart uh, with with the San Francisco 49ers. You know, you have star pass rushers like Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead. Uh, uh, I think, uh, was it, it Frank Clark was was there for for a little bit so you you have all those pass rushers there and and it just didn't allow you to uh, uh to allow he, him to flourish really he comes over to Indy he gets nine and a half sacks which by the way was the same amount of sacks that that Yannick Ngakwe had a season ago the guy he replaced but the big difference was most of Unique and Gakwe sacks were cleanup sacks. Ebukam earned a lot of his. And, and not only that, he pressured the quarterback at a more consistent rate. And he was much a much better defender against the run. So definitely an upgrade at that Leo position in Gus Bradley's defense. And Ebukam certainly, uh, I think this is just the start. I think we're probably going to see another jump from Ebukam next year. And we could be looking at a double-digit sack season. So I think it was a really good move by Chris Ballard and hey I don't take any credit for that he made me look like the genius on that one so so Drake let's go over to you what is your first prediction that you nailed for the 2023 season so it, it's on the same side of the ball and it's in the same position group and I I was really high on Dio Dangbo you know coming into this season I thought that he really had a a, a a massive amount of momentum, you know, to finish last season. And I think he like accumulated five sacks in three or four games or something like that. Um, but I said he would have his, his career year in this third season, really his second season. Cause he missed the entire, almost his entire rookie year. Um, but that was my favorite one. I got the Jersey because I, I love watching the guy play. He's powerful. He's absolutely a disruptor. He just causes absolute chaos on the offensive line had three sacks against the Patriots. I know that at the time they were falling apart, but you sack the quarterback three times in a game in the NFL. I don't care who the hell you're playing. That's fantastic. Okay. So that was really the Zenith of what this guy's potential was. And I think that, I think he's still going to, you know, I mean, he had eight sacks this season. He, um, that was his career high. He had, um, let me see here. He had 38 total tackles. He had two passes defended, two two fumbles forced. He had quite a few pressures, 17 quarterback hits, nine tackles for loss. I mean, he was a disruptor. He's only 24 years old uh, for most of the season. So I, I'm really pumped to see what he's going to do in the, the next season. I, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do um, really in his third. I would actually no, I would say his second full year you know, playing consistent football and not having to deal with injuries or any sort of setbacks or playing more of a depth role like he did in 2022. I'm super high on Dio, though. I think that he's also one of those guys that could push 10 sacks. I will say this, though. Superstar pass rusher, 
I don't think he's that, but I do think he is a solid pass rusher. I think he's a solid piece on that Colts defensive front. And with guys like Buckner and Stewart and Ebicon, and especially Tyquan Lewis, who put constant pressure on the quarterback, by the way, uh, I think that Dio fits perfectly into this scheme. I think he fits perfectly on that front. And I think he really could push 10 sacks, you know, or maybe even go over that. I thought he was going to do it, honestly, this season, but it kind of tapered off near the end of the year. But super proud about you know, making that prediction. So, so, so proud that I bought a freaking Jersey and put it behind me. So uh, I'm excited. <laughs> True. Thank you. True. For your super sticker, buddy. Really appreciate all of your support. And true. It says, Hey, if I win the contest, pick another person. I'm good with what I got. So appreciate all the support. True. It uh, really do. And and thank you once again for, for joining us this evening. Yeah. Dio Dangbo definitely had a breakout season in in 2023 and and he got most of those sacks you know dio still wasn't a starter you know he's more of a reserve rotational pass rusher and he was able to get those 12s those those eight sacks uh in that role and as we saw towards the end of the year we saw Dio Dangbo playing more and more. He earned those snaps, earned those different uh, being in, in, included in different rotations and different pass rushing packages so Good, good on, good on Dio Dangbo. You know he's he's starting to, uh, to kind of fulfill why and that 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 potential and and why the Colts selected him in the second round despite him having a torn Achilles uh, throughout the draft process. So really good to see Dio bounce back. A, a, a big guy, incredibly long, powerful, uh, with an with a very good burst off the line of scrimmage. And he really started putting that all together. So it makes you excited for what he can do next season uh, on this Colts defensive line to see if he can take a, even an, a bigger jump in year four. And remember, next season is a contract year for Dio Dangbo as he'll be entering his fourth season with the Colts. So, so definitely, definitely could be uh, looking at a, at a sizable contract if he can take it one step further so you definitely nailed the dio odangbo prediction there now drake what's your first uh prediction where you were wrong for the 2023 colts well real quick i was actually wrong about his age i said 24 most of the year he's actually 23 for most or for, for uh, about half of the season so a lot of room for dio to continue to grow but hey i was wrong about josh downs i said i I said that, uh, you know, he's probably going to sit behind Isaiah McKenzie and that Isaiah McKenzie is going to have more of a career year, potentially building off of his career year in 2022 with the Bills with Shane Steichen. Holy cow, could not have been more wrong about that. Josh Downs goes out there. He sets the Indianapolis Colts uh, rookie record for catches by a rookie in the season, uh, beating Ring of Honor members and a Hall of Famer like Marvin Harrison and Bill Brooks, I believe it was. Um, Josh Downs, man, he really impressed. He did everything. He he had arguably the best possible rookie season in this situation, given the quarterback situation you could possibly have. 68 catches on 98 targets, 771 yards, two touchdown catches, but 30 first downs, man. It really is indicative of how well he played under pressure and he made the plays when they mattered. And, and I, I turn always to that New England game. We've talked about it where, you know, he only had like two or three catches in that game. But, I mean, Gardner Minshew threw an awful pass off his back foot. Josh Downs lays out. He goes into that game hurt, by the way, with a bad knee. And he just lays out and catches the ball that ends the game. That right there is everything you need to know. That's, that's, that's pretty much the video you should watch that kind of sums up the whole year for Josh Downs. For Isaiah McKenzie, who knows what his future is? You know, I mean, Tony Brown and him both got suspended or, or uh, like pretty much um, I think they were put on 
Uh, yeah, no, they were suspended. They were suspended by the team. Yeah, they were both suspended. Tony Brown is gone. Isaiah McKenzie, it, you know, TBD. But, hey, man, Josh Downs, his future is super-duper bright, and I cannot wait to see what he's going to do in year two. I can tell you what Isaiah McKenzie's future with the Colts is. I don't think he's going to be back. You know, he's going, not he's, official. Yeah. He's, he's set to be a free agent in, in 2024. So his contract will expire here in a couple of months. Um, and I don't, I don't think the Colts are going to be re-signing him, especially because, you know, if you're, you're looking for a, a wide receiver that's going to play special teams, you know, Ashton Doolin is coming back next year. I think a lot of people have forgotten about Ashton Doolin, but your your top one of your top special teamers will be back next year. Shout out to MDM Miles uh, for the three dollar super sticker. Drake's got to take another drink here. I, I really do. appreciate uh, all of your support. And and MDM Miles says hi all, happy New Year. Well, happy New Year to you as well. Hope you're enjoying the show and 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 uh, really appreciate all of your support. Yeah, I mean, I was right there with you with with Josh Downs. You know, I didn't think he would necessarily uh, uh, start right away. I thought maybe he was going to follow the T.Y. Hilton arc, where started out as as kind of a, a special teamer and and someone that was a, a backup, and then eventually, probably by midseason, Josh Downs would take over as the starting slot. Josh Downs was the starting slot week one. You know, he was so very, very impressive in training camp. He earned that spot, proved that he should be the, the starter in the slot for the Colts. And, and like you said, uh, 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 getting the franchise record for catches in a season by a rookie with with 60 i think he finished the season with 68 catches so very very good season for josh downs and and while it seemed like he may have hit a little bit of a rookie wall towards the end of the season again you take the, the quarterback into account Gardner Minshew wasn't wasn't certainly wasn't at his best it certainly didn't help things he was dealing with a little bit of an injury uh, uh to in the, in the middle part of the season as well I'm expecting very big things from Josh Downs next year with a fully healthy Anthony Richardson. Those two were already developing a very strong connection early on in the season. Uh, I, I really think Josh Downs has a chance to be a star in the NFL. Patrick Rye with his first super chat of the evening saying shot, shots, shot, 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 shots for Drake as he uh, wants another drink uh, from my co-host tears. So hey. Appreciate all the support, Patrick. Tasty we, beverage, thank you. Yeah, we know we know you love we love making a, a drink drink on these episodes, and <laughs> hey, we we appreciate it all. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I think we we were both in that same boat. I thought Isaiah McKenzie uh, uh, had a de- had, was going to have a better season than he did as yeah. well. Certainly didn't turn out that way. He he really fell uh, uh, to mo- mostly a punt returner, and then of course how we ended the season. I really don't see. Uh, uh, a reason why the Colts should bring Isaiah McKenzie back in 2024. Yeah. And look, at the end of the day, give Reggie Wayne a lot of credit because we've said this multiple times. He really did pound the table for Josh Downs. And Chris Ballard went against his typical archetype at receiver, took a chance on Downs. Clearly, it paid off. And I think it's just going to continue to pay off with Richardson under center, too. Exactly. Uh, for my for, for my first strong, yeah, first strong, uh, I thought this guy was going to break out in 2023. Turns out he didn't touch the field in 2023, wow. and that's Jelani Woods. So uh, not not of his own doing, I should say. You know, he can't really help injuries, uh, but the hamstring injuries that that hampered him all season long. I mean, Jelani Woods never touched the field uh, again a- after after August. So really disappointing because the Colts 
certainly could have used another explosive playmaker on the offensive side of the ball, especially at the tight end position. Uh, when when Drew Ogletree was dealing started dealing with his legal issues, I mean, Kylan Granson I thought had a better year. Will Mallory is certainly a surprise, but uh, yeah, Jelani Woods, man. Uh, it was there for the taking for him to secure himself as tight end as as the lead tight end in this offense and and be a legitimate weapon for Shane Steichen. Now we're gonna have to kind of see that in in 2024, see if he could do that, and it just puts a big a big question mark around the tight end position when when after his rookie season. We thought Jelani Woods had the potential to to be uh, the this, the Colts tight end for the future. And I think he still can become that, but now you're entering year three. You missed an entire season because of those injuries. Uh, he's that it just just ups the pressure on Woods to really perform uh, a strong in a strong manner in 2024. Yeah, and this is such a brutal league because you know we have to put him we have to put him as you know we were incorrect about a prediction because he was injured the entire season. But look. It's cliche, but it's so true. The best ability is availability. All right. Mm -hmm. And Jelani Woods had the weirdest season long injury that I've probably seen in recent memory. I think it was both hamstrings. I think it was, uh, or either that or it was one. It doesn't matter. It, you don't typically hear a hamstring injury just getting a guy out for the entire season. And it wasn't just the entire season. It was also during training camp for the most part. I mean, he was just standing there in a, in a sweatshirt most of the time. But look, man, this is a guy that's six foot seven. He's like 255 pounds. He, his body is – he's got to figure out his body in relation to the tight end position because he's got freakish athleticism. When he gets the ball and he's got space, that is just a terrifying concept to think of a man who can run like a 4-7, and just, you know, just bulldozing down the field. He's got all the potential. It's just now you got to ask yourself – how is his health going forward? Because they're hamstrings that he was dealing with. We're not talking about a hand or, you know, a, a back issue or anything that's an upper extremity. It's the worst thing you can deal with, which is below the knee. And so you just hope he can get better because I really do think that there's so much potential there. I think that number 80 can really uh, tear it up in Shane Steichen's offense. And especially with guys like Will Mallory in the tight end room with guys, even, even though he's more of a blocker, Mo Ali Cox, you know, I, I just want to see Jelani Woods be able to make training camp, get out there during the off season, learn the offense a little bit better. And I think Anthony Richardson, who liked to target his tight ends when he was playing, I think him and Jelani Woods could be a real a devastating combo, but he's got to be on the field first. And from what I heard before the season began um, is that Shade Steichen had some pretty big plans for Jelani Woods in this offense. So I'm sure those those are, will will continue and he'll try to use that next season as well. But yeah, big, big, big third year for Jelani Woods upcoming. And he's going to have to make not only make the most of it, but really go out there and prove that he can lock down this this tight end position because the Colts invested decently high draft capital in him as a third round pick. So uh, I think there's going to be a decent amount of pressure on Jelani Woods next season. So but let's switch gears. Uh, I thought Jelani Woods would break out. I was wrong. This guy I thought would break out. And I was right. Bernard Ryman. Bernard Ryman with a hell of a good season in 2023. Firm, in my opinion, firmly locking down uh, that left tackle spot and, and proving he can be the franchise left tackle for the Indianapolis Colts. Very, very good second season. And I think Bernard Ryman's only going to continue to get better. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, I know there's a lot, a lot of noise going around about PFF grades and whether players and, and coaches and the people in the NFL actually agree with what they say. Regardless, Bernard Ryman rated out as the number eight overall tackle in the NFL this season. Number eight, you know, and that's including right tackles and left tackles. So 
really, really, really good job by Bernard Ryman uh, to take a, a huge leap forward uh, in his sophomore campaign. And, and I don't think there's really any question who the who the offensive tackles are going to be for the Colts moving forward. We already knew about Braden Smith, one of the best right tackles in the game. Bernard Ryman is on his way to becoming one of the best left tackles in the game as well. Yeah, and you know, his story is so awesome because he was mostly or he was a tight end at Central Michigan, had a little bit of experience at tackle. Then his his how you do an NFL moment is in the middle of arguably one of the worst games I've ever watched. And, and he gets thrown in against the Broncos in the Matt Ryan season, and he just does terrible. You're like, what is this? What is Frank Reich doing? And that's the one thing I'll credit Frank Reich with in the 2022 season. He kept Ryman in. And you just started to see as the season went along, even though it was lost, you saw the potential. You predicted it. You nailed it. His athleticism, his strength, his pass blocking, run blocking, his speed, everything, everything looked great. I remember asking him during the offseason, you know, what what makes, you know, what about playing tight end really helps? It really helped you transition over to left tackle and just with the softest biggest smile in the world. He he just said, you know, it's the footwork. It's the footwork. It's helped me, you know, get quicker and stuff like that. This guy still hasn't played that much tackle either. Okay. He still doesn't have that much experience and he's out there as the number eight overall ranked tackle from left or right side. And that is everybody that played. So that's absolutely fantastic. And look, man, the sky's the limit for him too. I think that he's just going to continue to get better. He did have like one bad game against Trey Hendrickson, but that was an awful performance overall. So um, man, that's really got to make you happy if you're the Indianapolis Colts, because you kind of took a a shot on him because he was a tight end before. Okay. But it, it's clearly worked out just fine. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm again, like with Josh Downs, I'm really excited to see where Bernard Ryman is going to be at in the 2024 season and beyond. Yeah. And, and, and Patrick, I think makes a fantastic point here. Thank you so much for, for the $5 super chat, Patrick really do appreciate it, that, buddy. Uh, Patrick says that breakout should be a hit for both having faith in Raymond and Ryman and the perfect signing well of Sperano jr. And that, that hits well, because I think really two factors, uh, uh, two factors were the biggest reason that 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 Bernard Ryman had such a big year. Number one was just his play strength. You know, he added 15 pounds of muscle in the off season. That was that was something that that really really plagued Raymond in his rookie season. You know, going up against against these power rushers who would just push him right back into the quarterback. You really didn't see that as much in 2023, and I think he's just going to continue to add weight, add some more strength through this offseason as well. But he was able to, to his play strength went went up by, by a considerable margin. And then Tony Sperano Jr., working with that offensive line, getting getting them back to the basics, getting them back, focusing in on the fundamentals, and, and, and really a attacking things as a unit and and we've seen the Colts offensive line back into at least top 10 status in the NFL pro football focus had them as the number three offensive line in the NFL uh, uh, from from left to right when you're talking about right uh, Raymond Quentin Nelson Ryan Kelly Will Fries and Smith was it was a very good unit and and the Colts were at their best when all five of those guys were out there and healthy so uh 
Patrick, thank you so much for the super chat. Really appreciate it, buddy. We've got another super chat, Drake, uh, from Shaheen, our good buddy Shaheen. Good to see you back, my man. Uh, he says, take a sip, Drake. I'll have a cocktail in your honor tonight. Love the show as always. So Shaheen, really appreciate all of your support, buddy. Uh, means the world to us. And glad glad you're back and joining in the chat and catching us live here uh, on the Horseshoe Huddle podcast. Thank you so much uh, for all that. But yeah, Drake, Bernard Ryman, like I said, Really, really good sophomore campaign, expecting big things and probably another step up in, in 2024. And, and the Colts are lucky they have him on, on a rookie deal right now because if, if Bernard Ryman continues this trajectory, uh, he's going to make bank on that on that second contract uh, with, with how big of money left tackles and right tackles now are making in today's NFL. All right, Drake, now let's go to... Uh, where where you were right on your second prediction here buddy because i i know that this one you you had you had a lot of conviction in this one heading into the into the season because a lot of people were questioning the move but you didn't question it from the start so what was your prediction that you absolutely nailed i i i thought i nailed the matt gay signing was worth it um look okay chase mclaughlin i'm gonna give him credit last year Okay, or excuse me, well, I guess for the Colts last year's 2023 at this point, but in 2022, Rodrigo, uh, um, oh, no, no, it is Rodrigo Blankenship. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, he he falls apart, all right, early in the season, and here comes Chase McLaughlin, who was mostly just, you know, a, a journeyman kicker, and he did pretty well because he was most of the points for the Indianapolis Colts. I think it was like a third of the points. So then he goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's doing fantastic. So he's earned his starting role there. But Matt Gay, I understand that it's his second lowest field goal percentage, 80.5, since his rookie year. But here's the thing. He also had the most field goal attempts ever in his career, 41. He had the most makes ever in his career, 33. He had the second longest kick he made, 57. And he was 35 for 36 in extra points. Look, 80%. It seems like, okay, is that really worth, I think it's like four and a half or five million a year. I think it is because this is also just the first time he's played with the Colts. I think you're going to see Matt Gay get more accurate next season. I also think there was just certain certain things with maybe the chemistry between him and, and the holder or just just different things like that. But I do think that that, that signing was worth it. I, th- I think that you saw it last season, especially in the Ravens game, when he pretty much carried the entire team. He was perfect on the day. Um, in fact, I'm going to pull that game up. He was six. Okay. Um, Five for five, and he made four. He was four for four from 50-plus yards. That is absolutely ridiculous, okay? That's the height of what Matt Gay can do. That is worth – he made the contract totally worth it just in that game alone. You're talking about the Ravens are a front runner potentially to win the Super Bowl right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm all about it. I think that it was worth it. I think that Colts fans are going to be happy that he's on the team and you don't have to worry about a kicker. I know he missed some field goals here and there, but at the end of the day – he makes the tough kicks, and he's going to make them more often than not. And I think he showed that for the most part in 2023. Well, and people forget he was dealing with a hip injury throughout yeah. throughout the better part of the on of, his right side too of the, of the middle of the season, you know. And and when you're dealing with that, that's obviously going to have an effect uh, on on your on your kicking ability. But a lot of those kicks were were from 50 plus yards. I mean, Shane Steichen had confidence in him and brought him out from from 50. 55 to 57 58 uh, yards out multiple times you know and you're bound to miss some of those so the Colts have full confidence in Matt Gay there's not a kicking controversy 
at all. Like you said, Drake, he pretty much single-handedly won that game against the Baltimore Ravens, who may win the Super Bowl this year. So, yeah, I, I think it was worth it. To, I think Matt Gay has fixed the Colts' kicking problems, and, and I really don't see uh, uh, those issues I, uh, happening next year. I expect him to be probably back around 85 to 90% uh, as the Colts' kicker. So you definitely got that one right. What was another prediction that you got wrong? So this is one that I um I it's probably the it's probably the biggest one that I screwed up on and um I was so confident that I was right but that is um saying that Will Fries would fall apart in year two you're definitely I, one of the biggest proponents for the Colts signing another right guard and, and replacing Will Fries I wrote article after article on different guys they should sign and I remember at one point I pitched the article to our head editor. And he's like, you've been really hot on this topic, haven't you? I'm like, yes, because they need protection. Credit to Will Fries, man. He he held that position and he held it well. Were there times where he could improve in pass blocking? Yes, but that's his weakness. And he made a big jump in pass blocking efficiency from 2022 to 2023. He's also a seventh round pick, guys. Okay, this guy is a seventh round pick and they trusted him to start. They saw something clearly that we didn't, okay? And what they saw was a guy who just needed more reps. And um, he's an absolute bruiser in the ground game. He just destroys people in the second level when he's got when he's got enough speed. I think Will Fries is going to hold that right guard spot. I really do. I think that an offensive line, don't get me wrong, the Quentin Nelsons of the world, you know, the, the Braden Smiths of the world, I think they could fit with any offensive line just because they're so freaking good. But I also think an offensive line is just that much better when they work well together and they know each other and they know what the other is going to do. And I just think that Will Fries is, is meshing very well into this offense. I also think that Tony Sperano Jr., going right back to Bernard Ryman, I think that he's a big, big um, – I think that there should be a lot of credit just for the whole offensive line, but especially Ryman and uh, maybe even the most Will Fries, just because there was so much uncertainty going into this next season. People, including myself, I remember when they didn't sign Dalton Reisner, people were just so, they were like, why in the heck are they not signing Dalton Reisner? So, um, hey man, credit to Will Fries. He went out there, he played ball. He did fantastic for the most part. There were a couple times where he was a little shaky, but He's a seventh round pick who's still finding his footing. And as he gets more reps and he gets more acquainted with the offense and he has Jonathan Taylor healthy, um, I just think he's going to look better. And again, I still I think he is one of the on, on any given any given snap. He can be one of the best run blockers that the Colts have. So, well, for I, I think he he definitely staked his claim into being one of a legitimate starter on the offensive line. Again, he doesn't need to be an all pro uh, to think he would be an all pro. I, I think you're kidding yourself, but yeah. uh, well, but Will Fry's a solid starter in the NFL. And a lot of people I know have mentioned it on the show before, but a lot of people don't know this is that Will Fry's is, is uh, really, he just, he, lo he loves football. He ingests as much football and as much film as he can a football junkie or a film junkie is the right, right term for it. And, and and he's really just dedicated to to getting better you know he 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 constantly is is watching film not only of himself but of others at his position to see what he can pick up from 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 those that have have played the game at his position and and played well 
you know so you're 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 looking at like you're looking at that and and you can see why will fries has 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 gotten better uh and and really showed out and showed that, that he belongs uh in 2023 for me the the my my next wrong prediction drake this one's a little bit sad if you're a colts fan to be honest yeah. uh i had i really had faith that Shaquille Leonard was going to return to form in 2023 and, and, and maybe not get back all the way to his all pro self, but I think he was going to be fine. Unfortunately, that just wasn't the case. So when you're watching the film on Shaq Leonard, obviously we all know the Colts cut ties in and released Shaq Leonard back in November. He ended up finding uh, a destination with the Eagles. We'll see where he, where he ends up next season, but the, the, the explosiveness just wasn't there um he he seemed like change of direction was was very difficult for him definitely not the same speed wise uh and and really it was just it's just you could see him start to work his way back and i think he did get better as the season went along um but but just just still nowhere near himself and and uh, honestly if you're asking if i think shaq leonard can get back to that to that all pro form uh personally i would hope so just because shaquille leonard is a very good guy and he gave he gave a lot to the indianapolis community but physically i really don't know if he's going to be able to get back to back to what he was yeah and look okay Chris Ballard, if you watched the press conference with Ballard, you know, he's always honest, you know, kind of, I mean, you wrote about, you know, he, he, he drops little hints, you know, if you're listening close enough, but he's, he's, he's always with it. He's always professional in his answers. And sometimes he's, he's chuckling, laughing. I mean, he just dropping F-bombs, you know, he's just, he's just really is a, is a, is an animated guy sometimes during those press conferences. When they asked him about Shaq Leonard, he, you could tell it really hurt him to have to let that man go and he said you know i don't know if i've seen an, a linebacker who was on a faster track to the hall of fame i mm-hmm. mean his first four seasons he was an all pro he was a first team all pro in three of those four seasons and that even includes his rookie season he was the defensive rookie of the year i mean he he set the franchise record at the time in solo and overall tackles i mean he was he was on his way to doing special things and it just sucks it's part of the game um at the end of the day, it was, you know, EJ Speed, kind of like Ballard said again, EJ Speed really earned that spot. And he felt like it wasn't fair to tell Shaq Leonard, hey, you got to sit behind somebody. Mm-hmm. He gave him an opportunity to go elsewhere. Okay. And that's just Chris Ballard. All right. There are general managers that respect their players, of course. But Ballard is really interesting with that. I think that he really wants players to, to feel like, hey, we love you here. You know, we want you here, especially if they perform well and they're good people. And Shaq was all those things. So you hope that he can get back to something close to what he was. I'm right there with you. Look, this is just an honest league. And when we do analysis, you got to be honest. It really showed in the New England game. Okay. The, the burst wasn't there. The the breakdown and, and stutter step and tackle, it wasn't there. He was getting blown by. It, it's a part of having that lower back injury. Um, you just hope that he can get back to, you know, something close, but yeah, that, that prediction it's sad, but I mean, a lot of people thought, I mean, that was kind of a divided one. I remember a lot of people were like, he's never going to return. And a lot of people like myself and you were like, look, man, he's excited in camp. He's yelling, he's screaming. He looks like, he looks like the maniac again. And it's just, it's a physical thing, man. Your body sometimes just breaks down after injury. Unfortunately, I think Shaq Leonard is going to go up there really at the top uh, of, of the list. Him and Bob Sanders, the two guys that are the big what what ifs in, in Indianapolis Colts uh, history on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, just real unfortunate. But for, for this guy, this one, uh, 
was very excited about what this guy was going to do in 2023. Turns out he had a career year and is going to get paid handsomely because of that career year. Michael Pittman Jr. You know, what a, what a dot, what a, what a performance from Pittman. Again, another new quarterback for Michael Pittman. The guy just cannot catch a break and have the same quarterback for, for a full season, uh, for, for longer than, than one season. But at times, Drake, Michael Pittman was pretty much the entire offense for the Indianapolis Colts going out there, getting 109 catches uh, over 1,100 yards. I think it was 1,158 yards, uh, four touchdowns on the year, a career year for Michael Pittman, becoming only the fourth player in Colts history to have over 100 catches in a season. The other three, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, and Dallas Clark. So, Michael Pittman, a, a fantastic year for him, and, and it's going to get him paid, I think, in excess of $20 million per year on this deal that he's going to sign here in a couple of months. Look, man, th- there isn't enough that can be said about Michael Pittman's 2023 and just how he's how he's handled seven freaking quarterbacks that have thrown him the ball in the past two years. He's had five. That's insanity, man. And, and the guy actually posted 69.9, basically 70% catch efficiency on 156 targets. He played 16 games. That means he was getting targeted nearly 10 times a game. And we're talking about without really a, a, I don't want to say this about Pierce, but he really wasn't a true number two. And Josh Downs was a rookie. And there really wasn't a breakout tight end in this offense. And he's just out there just dominating the targets. Everyone knows where the ball's going. Still catches it. No big deal. I, that Baltimore Ravens game, when his helmet gets ripped the hell off his head and he just comes down with that football, man, that right there, the dude's a dog. He's willing to block. He's he's a he's a good route runner. He's a physical runner. He's fun to watch when he's in open space because he just puts his head down and just runs over people. He's all about the team, and he's driven, and he wants to succeed, and I just can't wait to see what he's going to do with Anthony Richardson um, and, and, you know, a more complete offense and another year with Shane Steichen. Just a little bit of quarterback consistency, I think, is going to help Michael Pittman just do even better. But, hey, he set career highs almost across the board with his receiving stats. I just think he's going to continue to get better with a guy like Shane Steichen and a healthy Anthony Richardson. And he called Pittman a dog. That's exactly what Anthony Richardson called called Pittman last week. I talk, I wrote about it this week for Horseshoe Huddle. Uh, you know how excited Anthony Richardson is not only to get back on the field with with Jonathan Taylor, but with Michael Pittman as well. When when your head coach wants the wide receiver back, the GM wants the wide receiver back, and quarterback one wants the wide receiver back as well as the wide receiver himself wants to be back in Indy. I, I really don't understand why some Colts fans are are worried that Michael Pittman is going anywhere. I, in my opinion, I would be absolutely shocked if Michael Pittman was not with the Colts in 2024 and beyond. So, so those were my five predictions. Drake, let's get you ended on a high note too. What was your, uh, uh, one of the final predictions that you were correct about for 2023? So my mine was a, a rookie that, you know, he gets drafted in the fifth round and, um, you know, you're thinking, oh, well, we got, you know, they got Kylan Granson, they got Jelani Woods, they got Mo Alley Cox at the time. Full honesty, they had Drew Ogletree, who was at, ti- at times looked fantastic. OK, so Will Mallory, you know, he, this guy gets drafted and, and I know that you were one of the you, you a lot of people thought this and it's fair. OK, given the situation and where he was drafted. No, he's no gonna call me the, out. Definitely call me out on this. I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. You know, he's not he's not going to make the roster. Uh, if he does, he'll be more of a practice squad guy. He might just fall to the back of the depth chart. 
what really stood out to me was he was the fastest tight end in the draft. His blocking isn't too bad for a guy that's a little bit lighter. He is just a burner, and he's got incredible hands. I'm not saying he went out there and lit the world on fire, but what he did do is he made the roster and at times made plays when they were when they were absolutely needed. He didn't get a touchdown, but I, I think that as he grows in this offense, I think that you're going to find different ways to use this guy. I think you could use him on the outside for a mismatch, use him in the slot. I just think that Kylan Granson kind of had that move tight end role kind of you know locked down i mean he, he also didn't set the world on fire but i just i was so happy to see will mallory make the roster i was happy to see him go out there and make some plays i think that his potential is up there what is he going to become it's too hard to say right now because we didn't see enough of him but he was just so reliable you throw the ball you throw the ball to him more often than not he came up with it and he did it contested at times he ran away from guys he broke tackles I mean there's just there's a lot of raw talent there and the speed you just can't say enough about the speed at the tight end position um I think that you know I think that Shane Steichen I know we keep going back to this but Shane Steichen is one of the best offensive play callers in the league yes I said that and it's absolutely true I think he's a top five play caller and I think that he's got the potential to use Mallory the best that he that the best that anybody in the NFL can, and it's just going to get even better if you can, you know, keep Anthony Richardson healthy and get the ground game going with Jonathan Taylor, who you hope also stays healthy. So good for Will Mallory, man. I hope that he just keeps getting better and keeps putting up bigger numbers. Got another super chat here, Drake. It's from Richard Horton. Thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. Really, really appreciate it. He's gonna he goes back to talking about Matt Gay. He said five of Gay's misses were from 56, two from 57, 58, and 60 yards. Those are in the neighborhood of the NFL record. Uh NFL record of uh uh distance for kicks. By the way, Drake is probably sipping Mountain Dew. So Richard's calling you out, Drake. Richard's calling you out. Is it a, is it a mule? Is it a whiskey and coke? What is it tonight, Drake? It's it's more often than not it's always going to be a half and half uh, cucumber vodka and a and uh, ginger ale but no there it's go. it's not Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> Listen we we're 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 not we're not joking we're about this here. we're 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 we're, we're sipping some, on something here uh, as we record the Horseshoe Huddle podcast. But Richard, thank you so much for all your support, buddy. Thanks for making Drake drink again. We we always love when that happens. But but yeah, I did not think Will Mallory was going to make the roster. But I, he he impressed me with his rookie year. Chris Ballard says he does need to stay healthy and, and play a little bit more. And I think that's true. But Drake with with Kylan Granson in a contract year this this upcoming season very well could be Will Mallory's spot moving forward in that yeah. move tight end position. So uh, because I mean whether you whether uh, uh, you want to admit it or not. Only one touchdown for Kylan Granson in three seasons. Just, just not gonna, not gonna do it, you know. So, uh, definitely keep an eye on Will Mallory moving forward. So, those were ten of our predictions. Uh, five that we got right, or no, it was six that we got right, four that we got wrong. Uh, uh, but, but it was fun, and I'm sure we're going to get a lot more right next year. And definitely a lot more wrong next year as well. It's it's the fun oh, times yeah. of being an analyst when you cover a team in the NFL. So, Drake, let's talk about the latest Colts news and rumors here. We have a few stories to get to uh, uh, as we finish off the episode tonight. Now, obviously, we're going to start out with the biggest news of the week and, and some, some somber news. So, uh, I'm sure... If unless you live under a rock, you've probably seen uh, the story that TMZ broke about Colts owner Jim 
Ursay. So uh, TMZ reported that the Colts owner uh, was found unresponsive uh, at December 8th in his Carmel residence. Police were called and and a suspect it would, what what they think took place was a suspected overdose. There hasn't been anything that has confirmed that. Nothing from from like a toxic from uh, uh, from medical. Uh, this was just something that that was found in the police report of that evening. So. Uh, a dose of Narcan was uh, was administered onto Mr. Ursay until uh, paramedics arrived and paramedics took him to the hospital. Uh, wanted to, there were some some rumors out there that that or some people saying out there that Jim Ursay hadn't been seen since that happened. That's not true. Uh, Jim Ursay was uh, this supposed overdose or suspected overdose happened on December 8th. Uh, Jim Irsay was at the Colt Steelers game uh, on December 18th. And, and there's pictures of him celebrating that victory in the locker room with the team. Um, so to say that this is related to the uh, a severe respiratory illness that the Colts have, have, have put out that he is uh, recovering from and being treated for that isn't uh, that hasn't been confirmed nor denied i should say that but uh, and i'm not we're not going to to try to infer or or yeah. assume or or speculate on on any of that but uh it it just doesn't seem like things have been the last month or month and a half or so has been pretty rough for 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 jim ursay and and i'm sure it, when he, if he when he does recover, we're going to hear uh, maybe a full explanation of this. I'm sure that the facts will come out at some point. But uh, but Drake, I think just as 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 people, you know, you you want Jim say if he is struggling again. We know he's had addiction issues in the past. If if that's something that he is struggling with again, obviously you want him uh, to get the help that he needs. If not, and and it was just some an accident of some sort, you you thank God that he is okay, and now you hope that he's able to bounce back, recover from this illness, and 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 join the Colts, uh, join the Colts, and do what he loves again, just being the owner uh, of this of this Indianapolis Colts team that he has given his heart and soul to. Uh, for, for pretty much his entire life. Yeah. And, you know, very brief here, because I, I, I know that this I've, I've seen so much, you know, back and forth and opinions and like just people there's, there's actually certain people who obviously are going to bash bash, you know, Jim or say, because that's just how it is sometimes on social media. Look, this is a guy that is a maverick. There's not many outspoken owners in the NFL. Um, I don't know anybody. I even posted this out on X. Who in the hell else in the league is going to challenge the NFL authority and say, hey, guess what, everyone? The refs admitted they were wrong. I mean, Jim Ursay is a he is a car. He is one of a, one kind. Of a kind. He is a he's just he really does go against the grain and he really does. He really is. He really is just all in a league of his own uh, as far as owners are concerned. But look, at the end of the day with his family, with uh, his daughters, um, I think it's Carly and Kalen, you know, look. You just you just want Jim Ursay to be healthy, all right. You just want him to be happy, healthy. Uh, he's already wealthy, so he doesn't have to worry about that. But um, it, it's the Colts are behind him. He's a real big push behind kicking the stigma. It's something that he's very proud of. Um, he, he's in an in interview said, you know, thank God that I'm alive. You know, I mean, this is a guy that really did battle this stuff. So, um, but the details are still kind of murky, weirdly enough. Like it's, you know, still kind of like up in the air. TMZ reported this. The police report said this, but there wasn't really a toxicology report that's definitive. So just everybody just kind of wait, 
to see really what maybe Ursay himself says or when, whenever something conclusive comes out. But, hey, at the end of the day, you hope that Mr. Ursay is okay. You hope that, you know, everything's going to be fine. And, hey, he's surrounded by his family, and his family loves him. And you know what? He loves the Colts. And if he can get back to any capacity as an owner, he's absolutely going to do it. And we'll certainly report any information that that, that we get or, and as soon as the latest facts are known. We'll be sure to relay that to you guys right here on the show. Uh, let's get back to football matters, Drake. We already talked about Colts assistant GM Ed Dodds. He's a pretty popular man this time of year. Uh, we already know that he is in the running for the Las Vegas Raiders general manager position. Ed Dodds has also now interviewed with the Los Angeles Chargers for their vacant uh, GM position. So that, that makes two interviews now for, for Ed Dodds. Both AFC West teams, uh, interestingly enough. Uh, so th he's definitely a hot name out there in this GM cycle. Yeah, and you know the Raiders, they had a coaching change uh, last season. They were all over the place. They had some drama going on, and then the Chargers completely underperformed under Brandon Staley. So those are two teams that really need solid leadership. I think Ed Dodds, we've said it a bunch. Look, at the end of the day, I think he's going to become a general manager. I think it's going to be crazy if he doesn't. Mm -hmm. uh, he's done some wonderful things for the Colts, but hey, this is a league where when you do well, you you lose that person. All right. You know, the same thing happened with the Eagles and Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen. So it, it's going to probably happen with Ed Dodds, but I fully expect him to get signed by one of those teams uh, or one of the teams that have interviewed him. But I, I mean, I think that the Chargers would be a great fit for him. you got a franchise quarterback. You've got all the pieces there still. Uh, they just need the correct leadership and nobody better in the front office, man, than Ed Dodds. And the stats, Matt says Ed Dodds and Jim Harbaugh oh, in L.A. They do have wow. a connection there. There is a past connection between Dodds and Harbaugh. So that would be that'd be a very interesting That's combination uh, to lead the Los Angeles Chargers. Shout out to my beautiful wife, Danielle, for her super sticker on the evening and nightly super sticker. Appreciate all of your support, as always, coming in the clutch, making Drake drink a little bit more as we get to the end here. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, and then finally, the Colts signed a wide receiver, wide receiver, uh, Terrell Bynum. They signed him to a reserve future contract. Uh, the former Chargers and, and USC wide receiver uh, now possibly going to be fighting for a roster spot in Indianapolis. Yeah. And, you know, given what, uh, you know, how Alec Pierce underperformed and Isaiah McKenzie, there, there's that issue. And then um, I think that there, there's there's potential that he'll maybe make like a practice squad spot or special teams, I think at the height, but this is as we've always got to tell, you know, the, the viewers, these kind of signings, they're necessary, but they're not going to break, you know, they're not going to break news. So I think that this is for depth purposes, competition purposes. There's a chance that, you know, by the time training camp starts, he's not even on the roster. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see. <laughs> just uh, the the offseason is still very, very new, and there's going to be a lot of moves made by the Indianapolis Colts. It's going to be fun and exciting to watch what this team does from now up until training camp begins uh, in, in July and back in Westfield. So so that's our show for tonight, guys. Really appreciate everybody tuning in uh, to, to help either flame our egos a little bit where we got <laughs> wrong or absolutely put us on blast on some uh, predictions that we got uh, uh, incorrect. Uh, so, so, but really appreciate everybody tuning in and, and, and just talking Colts football with us once again, want to give a shout out to our super chats for this evening. Truett MDM miles, the CFO, Patrick Rye, uh, Shaheen, 
Richard, and my beautiful wife, Danielle. Thank you all so much for your support, as well as everyone else that joined in on the chat this evening. So if you haven't done so, please go follow us on all of our socials, especially if you want to be entered in that giveaway. Like right. Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X, and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know when Drake and I go live every Monday and Thursday night, and for special episodes when breaking news happens so you never miss an episode. And if you can't catch us live or on YouTube, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe, give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you. And guys, I'm going to X right now. Uh, I'm going to the Horseshoe Huddle Twitter account and the Madden giveaway is now live. It is posted on X. So make sure you go follow at Colts on FN. Follow Drake and I on our X at Andrew Moore NFL and at D Walster Drake. Subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel and then comment below whether you want the code for the Xbox or the PlayStation. And uh, we will hold the drawing and, and pick the winners on Monday night's episode. So make sure you go and do that right now and, and spread the word. Go tell your friends to do it as well. Uh, try to get as many Colts in, in on this as possible. So while you're doing that, Drake's going to tell you what he's written on horseshoe huddle for you to go check out as well yeah so uh the two pieces that i really think um were a lot of fun to write are the indianapolis colts it was my typical week weekend and week out three good three bad but it's for the whole 2023 season so go check that out and then i made a compelling argument on why the colts should draft georgia tight end uh brock bowers and figure out how to make that work i'm telling you the dude is an absolute monster, so go check that one out as well. <laughs> Make sure you give those a read for myself. Uh, talk to Anthony Richardson again and, and about uh, what he is expecting in 2024 with his two top playmakers in Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. And while Michael Pittman isn't a, a guarantee to be back, if you ask Anthony Richardson, he wants him back dearly so make sure you go check that out as well as all the other fantastic writings on horseshoehuddle.com go follow drake at d wallster drake go follow myself at andrew moore nfl and we'll be back monday night to talk more colts football with you and give away some madden codes to our our fantastic fans here of the horseshoe huddle podcast so everyone enjoy your weekend stay warm and we'll see you monday night